Hello and welcome to another fine edition of the Brattlecast. This is Jordan Rich along with my good friend Ken Gloss, the proprietor of the famous Brattle Bookshop in Boston on West Street. And it's famous for all kinds of reasons. People from all over the world uh, stop by. And I know you said the tourist season is really uh, cooking for you these days. Well, the tourist season just seems to keep going and going and going. Uh, I think it was probably a lot of pent-up demand from, you know, the pandemic. But a lot of younger people are traveling, too. And, of course, you have all the schools in Boston where people come and go. But they're coming. They're coming in large numbers and we're not complaining whatsoever. Absolutely. And it's also nice seeing new people that we haven't seen over the years and, and seeing the interest that they have. I love the fact that your outdoor display, which has so many great books at so many great prices, is packed whenever I walk by. And I, knew, as you know, live nearby. It's packed. Well, we love that, too. And uh, matter of fact, uh, getting off subject that we haven't even started yet. Yes. Uh, we we had a wedding there the other day. A wedding at the store. A wedding. Uh, a couple, very, very nice couple, had asked us about six months ago. They wanted to do it on the outside, the wedding. Uh, and uh, oh, that it was, is it was just them. Uh, but what they were doing is they wanted to do it in Boston, get it done, beautiful wedding dress. Uh, and then they're going to, uh, go uh, to Houston, where one of their family is, have a big party celebration, mm-hmm. then to Hawaii, and then to uh, Korea. Did you give the bride away? No, we didn't do any <laughs> of the, uh, All we did was sit and gawk and allow them to do it in the I store. I think that is and, so and, wonderful. That and it's so actually great. the second one. No we, kidding. We had someone from Scotland uh, do it once, too. But that's a, a lot of the fun of the outside is the people you meet. That's the fun of the store. That's the fun of all of this is the people and the characters and and everything that goes with it. One other thing I'll mention about the outside, uh, this fall and winter, there's going to be a movie called The Holdovers. Yeah, I've seen the previews for it. And they shot a uh, – If hopefully we won't get cut – but they did shoot a segment at the it store. It stars Paul Giamatti, and he was in the store, obviously shooting, but uh, you got a chance to see him? Well, all the shooting was outside in the lot. But, yeah, we not only did we get to see him and talk with him, but he even came back after that pot was done to shop and buy books and so on. Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, we're going to get back on topic. <laughs> uh, we haven't gotten any more near the topic yet. But it's a fascinating historical uh, recollection of the Boston Fire of 1872. This was a big deal. This was a big deal. It was in November 9th, 1872. A fire started in Boston. Now, a little bit for people to realize what Boston looked like in 1872. The Boston Common was there. Then you had the stores and the streets, West Street, which is where our building is, right off of the Common. Then you have Washington Street. Right. And then you had everything going down to the waterfront. Mm -hmm. And the fire started down in that area, in the business financial area, and it literally burnt everything. Mm. And what brought this up is uh, we got a whole group of what they call stereopticon slides, which are old photographs. But when you have them, they're on a card. This was from the 1872. And you put them in a viewer, and there are two images. And when you adjust it to your eyes, it be, they become 3D. Yeah. So we got a whole group of uh, photos of these 
of the fire and mm. the devastation after the fire. Wow. And you see just complete destruction of the area. And, of course, businesses wiped out. Um, a lot of places, they didn't, They some had insurance, but many didn't. But it's interesting, looking at it from a perspective nowadays is all of the grand buildings of the department stores that were downtown, a lot of the older structures are actually 1870s mm-hmm. in Boston because they Post were all, the fire. They were all uh, built up. Yeah, do we have an, an idea as to how many people lost their lives at this? Uh, there weren't that many lives lost because even though there was some residential, it was more a business area. Uh, but what it really did do is change the fire laws, the building codes, how you built. Because before 1872, a lot of the buildings were wood. And there was, mm. you know, just the structures, and one right next to the other, next to the other, next to the other, were old wooden buildings. And uh, the after that, when they built, they had to build with fireproof walls, right. brick. It was basically brick building. Right, right. And that led into all sorts of laws so that if a fire did break out in the future, it would at least be containable to some degree. Plus, you had the, the old-fashioned fire brigades. You didn't have the kind of equipment that we have today, obviously. And fighting a fire that massive was just almost impossible. Well, no, you basically, for the large part, uh, let it burn out. But also, you try to keep the buildings at a distance, uh, you know, wet and, and so on. And, and Washington Street acted as a fire block. So everything on the Boston Common side of Washington Street survived the fire. Mm. Everything to the east or to the water side burnt. And But like I say, you what people envision old Boston, sort of the buildings that are Filene's, the jo- were Jordan Marsh, now Macy's, uh, before it was rebuilt, or a lot of the old structures down there, they go, that's the old city. Well, that's the old city after, after it burnt down in the 1870s. And in a way, for the financial... For the larger business landowners, it actually probably wasn't that bad a thing because essentially it was urban renewal on an unplanned mass scale. Now, for the little business owners, for the smaller people, they were wiped out completely and probably never recovered from it. But it got to build the financial centers, the business centers of Boston in what for the time was a modern, up-to-date. Do, do you know the history, what caused the fire? Well, the, no, nobody really knows the exact cause of the fire. But basically, they think that uh, like a, a heating system, a boiler, it was November uh, 9th, things were getting cold. And they, they don't know exactly what happened, but they think that started in one building, which I think was on Milk or Devonshire Street, but once it got going, if you look at these photos, there was definitely not very much left. To, right. And also the forensic science of fire, fires and firefighting has, you know, was just almost non-existent at the time. So they know about where it started, but they have no absolute— But there's no suspicion that it was set. There was no cow that was— uh, No Mrs. O'Leary in the No, no, there was never even an inference that it was set. Uh, It was just one of those things that happened. Mm. And because of the way the city was built over, what at that point it was a 
couple of hundred years without regard to fire and in any major degree, uh, this was shows what happened. I was recently, I know you travel a lot, I was recently in Lisbon, Portugal, and everything is about the, the earthquake in Lisbon pre and post. And in a sense, this was our natural disaster, partly man-made, and it changes the whole fracture structure of the entire city. Well, it do, did that, and I was just in Croatia, mm-hmm. and a lot of the buildings go back even to the fourth century, but then almost everything inside the walls and things, uh, 17th century, because they had big earthquakes there mm-hmm. and fires. And so these big events happen. They restructured the whole downtown. If you look at it from 50, 60, 70 years later, maybe, you know, for the overall business, it probably worked out. It was probably horrible for the people at the time. I would think so. And this is a uh, wonderful snapshot, these collections of uh, photographs, as you call them. Um, do other uh, records exist similar to this about the Boston Fire? Oh, th- there are other photographs. There are other items. And in, in these, uh, at the time, uh, photo- photography was just coming in to the point where it was accessible to the average person. And these were very much sold as tourist items. The, mm-hmm. the, the stereo-optican slide in many ways in, started in about the 1860s. But where they really became popular was the 1870s, 80s, up until about the move, time of the movies. And people would be at home focusing in. It would be the night's entertainment. And there were, there were views of these cards of all over the world, of the yeah. Holy Land, Europe. Well, didn't it morph into the Viewmasters that we all had as kids in uh, the 60s and 50s? Very much like right. the Viewmasters, although I don't think they had any Disney characters. No, there. no, I don't believe <laughs> but so. But exactly, and you'd see it in 3D, and it would be this amazing new discovery, but also a new form of entertainment. A lot of it was showing the world as it was, which people were very curious about, because world travel was starting, really starting for Americans in particular at that time. But they would also show it, uh, the presidents. They would show big events, parades, uh, and they would show significant events uh, when they came and what happened. But you'd also see uh, some of them were more valuable than others. You get out to Hawaii you get out into the West in the 1870s, they would have uh, pictures then. And there were a lot of very independent photographers and photography studios who were producing, go- sending people out in the field, getting the photographs, and then uh, sending them back, and then almost like making postcards too. And the one of the interesting things too is when you look at the card, there uh, probably about six, eight inches long mm-hmm. by three, and they're uh, vertical, I mean oblong. Oblong. Uh, and they have two photographs next to each other that look absolutely identical, but they're not. They're just slightly different so that when your eye focuses in the, the viewers that you have, that they have, that they become 3D. They figured that out way back then, 150 oh, years ago. They they understood the concept, and then, of course, that ultimately morphed into, as you say, film and yeah. all kinds of things. And then you also had to have the cameras that right. were taking double images. Uh, so that's, 
when you get into collecting and with the type of things that we do is someone might be interested in books or, or I have a little pamphlet here on the Boston Fire and there were a number of books that came out at the time. Uh, but then you have the people who collect the photographs of the, the period. And there's something for everybody. There's different types of things and different th- types of things that catches people's eyes. And you could be studying the Boston Fire and get deep into that and get newspaper accounts, mm. uh, reading through it, what was happening. In fact, if, if memory serves, the Boston Globe uh, was established in 1872, I believe. They they were there in the Taylor family. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they actually uh, – they actually also were in the uh, Jordan Marsh, which was one of the big department stores. They were also a big funder of Jordan Marsh, the Taylor family. Right, my but, namesake. Well, <laughs> it, it, it's uh, absolutely. Uh, but th- you can get any type of collecting, and then you get and get deep into it, and then you can get uh, with these stereo cards the technology of how they came out, the different styles of the viewers, uh, the the older, newer, uh, and, and also you can tell from looking at these and the number out there, what were the most popular places to go. So much media, so much attention to detail and history, and so much available at the Brattle Bookshop, brattlebookshop.com. Ken, another great Brattlecast. Can't wait for the next one, my friend. Well, and, and I love looking at old photographs and sometimes seeing in the background even what wasn't intended to be important, you can really really tell a lot about what the life was like. So I'll leave it at that, but it's a nice collection that I had fun with. 